I will mostly be in my masculine and then when I'm around our community, they help me slip into my feminine because they help me allow and they help me be present and they help me believe and they help me to just see that no matter what else happens with almost 30, this is enough. You know, having one girl have it have be impacted by a message that we shared or our guest shared is enough. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hi. Oh, happy day. I I dropped guys. Hello, humans. (laughs) Greetings, humans. I don't know where we got that. Guys? Yeah. Yeah, what? I think it's like, it's on TV. It's It's a cultural thing for sure. It's like a radio... Hey, hey guys. guys, welcome to 92. Yeah. Like, it's know. kind of patriarchy. It's totally patriarchy. We've been, well, we are dropping it today. That's insane. <laughs> if you really think about it, that we're all like, hey guys. Someone said, what are they? Yeah, it would be, it would be weird if you said, hey girls. Totally. To everyone. We should do that. Let's do it. We should, no matter who's in the Hello room. girls. Hello girls. And they'll be like, what are girls? And be like, what? It's cool to say guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to say, hey guys. <laughs> we should do. I'm down. We're done. Good night. I'm down. Was someone I'm the other day was like riot. was was saying, oh, um, we were talking to a friend of ours. Manifest, man. Oh yes, man. Manifest. I I mean the obvious one is history, his story. Yeah, I think that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That's a crazy one. Actually, we should look up like like what do they call it? like manisms? Actually, on that note. Polly Claire of Unbound. They yeah. just started, uh, they just launched a website called Approved Not Approved. Oh. And basically, look this up, everyone. This is exciting. So I'm I'm just pulling it up. So it's basically to highlight the double standards that exist in advertising. Wait, I love which that. is really, really interesting. Uh so go to uh, approved, not approved.com. And then you can also follow Polly underscore Claire. And she has some information there, but fascinating the double standards. Wow. She was on, um, she was on the podcast, uh, a bit ago. So mm-hmm. you can look up Polly Claire, almost 30 podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and find that episode. It's approved and not approved.com. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm very much into this. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. And now we'll see Hello, it everywhere. girls. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Um, and, and guys would be offended, but we've never been offended. Never. And you know what we do say too, which is fine, but hey man, or dude. Yeah. Wow. Hey girl. Because it feels patronizing. corny to, feel, to say, hey girl. 
to be like, hey, because when you're like, hey, man, I feel more serious. <laughs> I'm being honest. I think, hey, man, for me is like more funny. Yeah, like making fun it's of It's kind someone. of just like, like, yeah. hey, girl feels valid. Like, it's like, hey, girl. Yeah, hey, girl. <laughs> yeah, if you were like, hey, girl. So I guess I'm saying it in a negative way, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Which doesn't even really make sense. But um, I was just actually scrolling, scrolling FB because I was looking in our group and I passed a post in Lacey's Manifestation Secret Society and said, hoping I can act. And there was a post from Jessica said, and I just happened to randomly see this, hoping, hoping I can act as an expander for those in the corporate world. Following a major ping here as I was listening to Lacey's live interview with Almost 30. So, so good. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that was a good sweet. expanding episode. It was super cute. Yeah. I'm always, you know, with all of our guests, but I mean, just recently in San Francisco with Lacey, I was just... Always new things that come up for me. Oh, I'm mean, talking to her. Bye bye. I was like, oh wow, I'm over it. And I've I had just, so many revelations in the past fucking week. It's like I actually need to start writing them down. Yeah, they're crazy. Writing down things is something that I don't know. In a maybe it was a past life, I just didn't want. I don't. I'm like allergic to writing things down, and it's something that I kick myself about all the fucking time. Like, like journaling. I mean. The most jealous I get is when I know someone has journals for the past 13 years of their life. <laughs> oh shit. I'm like, oh my God, that would be so cool. Justin is one of his business ventures is, I don't know if I can say it. Yeah, I don't know if you should say it. <laughs> so it's basically related to that, fixing that need Yeah, within, within our lives is the fact that, and, and you would love to read something that your mom did. So say mm -hmm. your mom had a, a way to track her evolution through life. It'd be mm -hmm. really beautiful to watch that process because it's weird for you to be like, mom, what were you like when you're 13? You know, but because right now with the rise of the digital age, we do have the ability to kind of track that. So he's working on something like that. That's so cool. I know. Yeah, I was thinking the other day too, I was like, whoa, how crazy is it that we live we live in the time when the internet was born? I, yeah, I agree. The internet is like fire. It's like an invention that like changed everything. Everything. So it's just so, it's weird. And I feel lucky, mm -hmm. sort of. And I also feel scared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was a weird thing I thought of. No, I like it. The other day. Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully continuing that conversation about, you know, yeah, digital minimalism with a future podcast guest. Last night I did a sound bath and I took a nap and I feel like a new, new person. person. Good. Truly a new person. Not good. I'm just saying, Very I'm good. glad you feel better. I feel so much better. I'm like, wow. But I was thinking about it. It's interesting for us. And I, you know, a lot of people deal with different type of work seasons. And for us, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of our work has been happening on weekends. So yeah. usually we would have our work week and then on weekends we could relax and we've been working on weekends. So it's interesting that we're going to have to start shifting to like giving ourselves time during the week. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about why I... I've been feeling different than you in the, in the sense, but kind of like same, <laughs> same vibration. Mm -hmm. Like I think because we know that August is going to be a time to really mm -hmm. go inward for lack of a better term. It's like the anticipation of that is getting me antsy in a good way. Like I'm looking forward to it, but it's almost like this like rushing train where I'm like, <laughs> I know I keep shaking. Saying, I'm like, this is what you want. Cause I'm looking at our calendar and our schedule and it's different than ever. 
you know, we ha- we're very strategic about our month of August because this is our only time off, quote unquote, even though yes. we're still doing tons of stuff. And I keep saying like, this is what you want. This is what you yeah. want. This is what you want. Cause I feel like that happens all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people can relate when it's like, you all week are like doing stuff and you're like, God, if I could only have a night home alone and then you have a night home alone and you're like, fuck, I should be doing something. I know. You don't actually enjoy it. I know. No, I've been feeling that, but I've been trying to like do like get out of the routine. Cause if I'm a night home alone, sometimes I feel like because I'm in like the workspace that I'm like, I need to be doing something. Yeah. So it's like, even if I just go outside, like last night, my sweet neighbors had a little happier. I saw that little freaking what? I saw it and I ripped it up and I said, losers. Losers. It was amazing. I was was so happy. I was so- I'm not going to that bullshit, you losers. (laughs) Happy I was there. But even just going outside for like an hour with them, I was like, oh, I have permission to like be with people. Anyway. What if you went out butt ass naked? It is a- Hello. Characters. I wouldn't be surprised if someone came out naked. But anyway, yeah, I totally, I totally feel you. And I want us to really enjoy the time because fall and winter is going to be wet and wild. Wet and wild. (laughs) Also, it's like, this is when, you know, you do what you love, quote unquote. You look for things that are. You you work for, you work. You're like, "I, I love this. So I'm working. You know, you don't really know how to balance it which has been interesting. So yeah, I'm hopeful that, you know, I've been thinking lately about a quote and it's be here now. (laughs) And it is, it's like, you know, yesterday when I was like laying down to nap, I'm like, oh, I kind of should be, what errand should I be doing? And I'm like, no, like I would be, if I was doing an errand, I'd be like, God, I wish I could just take a fucking nap. Yep. And I did. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love is a quote that I live by. I was in feels like you're sound healing, but yoga, I did yoga two days in a row and I feel so much better. I no was way. weeping. This is not oh, a yoga, nice. this is not a yoga class where you necessarily should be weeping. And I was just like, okay. Like I was trying to just sigh and exhale and it was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> shit was coming out. I was like, oh, this is not the time. But it was so interesting. I was like, what the fuck is happening? But I mean, whatever. It, it it's felt like exhaustion. good. Yeah, it was exhaustion. Yeah, I did. I literally don't know. Yeah, it's almost like the the thing. The thing about it, what I've been noticing, and we just talked to your own as well about this, and in an episode um, that's coming out. But the mind is like my mind always tries to figure out what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Where is this from? Is this from when you were seven, or is this a blockage in your sacral chakra? Like, oh, don't have to figure it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm just like- It's everything. And I, I was like, be. what did you do to do this? Yeah. Like everything is me. Like, what did you do? What have you done to do this? Yeah, totally. It's Getting like out of exhausting. our minds. Being honest. super present through the process. We just talked about this on the- uh, Yeah. We had a little segment on the Ignited podcast. They do like a special segment, Ignited Spark on Mondays. We were talking about being present through the process. And yeah. I think that's- Something we're we're trying to We have an episode do. on recovery with a D Jaffe of Ignited. And then we have an episode with Sophie. Yes. Um so if you go back, I remember that was such a fun episode. So fun. Uh if you go back in there. But yeah, we you know, they asked for what we were inspired to speak to. And I think this was something we kind of talked about when we were at our show in San Francisco mm-hmm. that as we've grown almost 30, you know, we are constantly reminded through conversations with our peers and then our community about where we are in our process. 
and I'm present for my process every day. So my view of our process is different than someone from the outside is because I see, you know, the work that goes into it, but other people might just see the glimpses of it. And, you know, I think now where we are and if I compared myself to where I was three years ago and even, you know, looking back to high school or just myself throughout my life and my goals always shift, my goals always change and I'm never there. So trying my best to put myself wherever I am to be there, like this is it, this is what I've been working towards. This is what I have been learning. This is what I have been hoping for. Even if it's not the best situation, even if it fucking sucks, Mm. it's like, this is it. Like this is a part of that evolutionary process of me to evolve to the person that I am. I am there now. So I think it, you know, in a kind of morbid way, if I were to die, this is, this is it. You know, like I I evolved to that place and that was the end spot. So my comparative looking to myself three years ago would be very different than if I was to die Mm -hmm. when I was a hundred. I would be like, oh, wow, I was so far along when I was, you know, 25 comparatively than if I'm a hundred and I live all the way. So it all just changes. And it's so important that, you know, no one is ever there. And that's a continuing conversation that we have with the women of our community going through transitions. And that's why we started this that we're never at that place that we want to be because your goals change, period. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much chatter and commentary on your life from other people. And so you really have to be, you know, your own gatekeeper and, you know, focus more on the cultivation of what's happening instead of the expectation of what's happening. So, you know, my expectations are colored by my experience, my lack mentality, my just people I love around me who are like, so when are you going to do this? I thought you were going to do this, or I know you love to do this. So what's happening with this? You know, it's focusing more on rather what you didn't do yet or you don't have, like cultivating that thing that's right in front of you. And that speaks to what you just said. It's just the visual of it for me works where I'm just like, I'm like sowing some soil. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's right in front of me. I'm mm-hmm. able to, I, I can't like focus on the soil that lives in the future. <laughs> I can just like kind of work on the soil that's, you know, around my roots now. But yeah, I mean, and also too, you know, what we do, I think came as a beautiful surprise, you know, in a way, like I, I think we had an idea of our lives and it's different, but the same and beautiful and how it's come about. So just knowing that like our souls made a contract a long time ago. And I feel like my soul is like the, you know, it is the twisty, turny road. It is the mystery and the dance of it all. It's not, and I think that is really true for a lot of people, but it's hard to accept that because that means there's maybe a not guaranteed check in the mail every other week, or there's not a guaranteed, you know, love relationship, marriage, Mm -hmm. kids, all the things. So just like knowing that like your soul knows and everything's okay. And they, and you sign that, that soul contract and you're so taken care of if you choose to get quiet enough to listen, get quiet or, you know, or, or to see it, there are little things around you all the time that are working in your favor. Yeah. And I mean, it's all about perspective. You know, that's your job. So, 
you know, I think nowadays with my future, it's less about me trying to control the outcome of my future, but more my responsibility to focus on my perspective, mm-hmm. my perspective of my life as it is now and my day that as it is now, it is my job to find the good. It is my job to find the connection to source and the beautiful little moments where I'm like, oh, I am being divinely guided. I am being supported. I am lucky, you know, and lucky as like a relative term, like we're all technically lucky. We can be lucky. So finding those opportunities where you're like, oh, I'm on, I'm on a winning streak. You know, this is amazing. This is awesome. Is really like my goal now, rather than focusing on whatever goals, quote unquote, I have, because Mm -hmm. with how quickly we're evolving, you know, I think we've talked about this before that as a society, as a culture, as a human race on this planet, the things that are going to be happening in our future have never been done before and we have no context for. So it's really like not worth my time. I think of personally to really focus on how things are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we get asked a lot, like, so what's the future of almost 30? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Here's my Venmo. I don't know woman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Woman. Yeah. I don't write know. Write me a check. And if, and it kind of feels good to say, I don't know. I don't know why. I like it too. I'm I'm liking it more and more because before I'd be insecure, but I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. Because I'm really, we're just so proud of what has happened so far. So I can only assume that some good stuff's going to keep happening. And like sign an NDA, bitch. (laughs) Like you want to know what's in our future? Let me send you over an NDA. Yeah. And you can sign it up. And then I'll tell you. (laughs) I'm keeping this private. <laughs> oh shoot. So if anyone relates, let's talk about it. So Join basically we're Facebook. trying to say life is short, but it's also very long. And live left love. Live left and love. Be here now. Peace out. <laughs> Goyles. <laughs> Does your mom say Goyles? Of course she does. (laughs) Does every mom say Goyles? Of course she does. My mom would be like, or no, she says, hello, Goyles. My my mom says, (laughs) my mom says, (laughs) Gillies. She goes, how's my little Gillies? How's my little, oh, like Gillies? No, like just girlies. Like girlies. Gillies. Gillies. All right, boys and Goyles. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a Midwest thing? Let me know. At me. This is a time you can at me. At me. Let me know if it's a Midwest thing. Oh my God. That's so funny. So this one is a a good, this is an an amazing episode. Yeah. I had um, a a blast talking to Julie. I feel so comfortable with her. I feel so proud to introduce you guys to her if you do not know her already. I love, you know, how crisp she is. I love how smart she is. And she's just really dedicated to her craft. And I admire her and all that she does. Yeah. So she interviewed us for this episode. So we are sharing the episode that she shared on her podcast, the Influencer Podcast. So we just had a blast and just wanted to share with you. Because sometimes, you know. I just really think that this conversation was valuable in um, some of the insights that Lindsay and I shared because Julie brought out those specific parts of us that we wouldn't have been able to bring out. So you'll learn more about us, our journey, you know, our process before this, how we think about what we're doing now, the term influencer. And Julie is just such a great conversationalist. So there's just parts, parts, you know, within the conversation that we really enjoyed. Yeah. You can find out more about Julie at Julie Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N.net. She has her Influencer Academy, Pitch It Perfect, and of course the Influencer Podcast. So 
check it out. Yes. And come join us in Nashville on Wednesday, September 18th. We are having an event with Julie and it is going to be amazing. So yeah. you can buy tickets on almost30podcast.com slash tour. We would love to see you there. Can't wait. All right. Enjoy this one. We'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Hey, ladies. Hi, Hello. <laughs> How are you? I am so good. And You've I'm been having so... a good old day. <laughs> we have had a good old day. So we've gotten, I've gotten to to speak to you guys today for your amazing podcast. And then here we are for the Influencer Podcast. Nice and cozy. Yeah. It's cozy. 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 I know. I love your podcast. Thank you. What's up, Influencer Nation? <laughs> what? What's up? And I love that we're doing this in person because it just Me brings too. like a new vibe, it's... which is fun. It's so refreshing. I love that you just sat on the ground when you got here. I know. I, like I love a girl. that sits on the ground. I sit on the ground always. Yep. It's I'm, nice. like, I'm just going to sit here. Like I'm grounded. Before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that a lot of my audience n- knows you both because a lot of them are also your audience, which is amazing. But if they don't know... Tell them what's up. Tell them what's up. <laughs> uh, we are Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Krista Williams and my partner is Lindsay Simsick. And we started Almost 30 about two and a half years ago when Lindsay and I were going through you know, the chaos of your late 20s or early 30s and you feel really lost and you feel really alone and you feel like you don't know what you want to do with your life or who you want to be or who you want to be with or what you should be doing. Um, You don't know about finances, all of these things. We just felt like we didn't know anything about and we felt like no one taught us. And we felt like in school, we didn't learn anything that the real world needed or, you know, needed for us to know. So when Lindsay and I met through, you know, some, some fate circumstances, we just were like, could we have a conversation that's broader, that is more inclusive, that brings in others, um, that also educates ourselves? I've been obsessed with podcasting for years. I've loved it for six plus years and I've just loved the medium. So when I proposed to Lindsay that we do a podcast, she was down. And you know, two and a half years later, we've built it to a community all over the world. We have events all over the world. Uh, We have an ambassador program that has about 42 cities that have their own conscious heart-centered events in their cities where they do volunteer workshops or they have book club. And then we do speaking engagements at, you know, events that are a fit, but almost 30 has just really grown into, you know, a community of people and women that are seekers and that dream big. Mm. I want to dive into a lot of that stuff. So first I want to hear about your journey in your twenties before you were 30. What would have been the one thing that you needed to hear in your twenties that you didn't, that might've catapulted you to like this idea of knowing that like, there's a space here mm. that like we need to show up and serve. I guess I, 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 a lot of things, but the one that sticks out is just like that. I would tell myself that, you know, like, you know, I spent a lot of time just questioning what I felt, you know, and, and I think there was just a lot of people who were kind of questioning themselves and questioning me. So it was just kind of a natural thing that I picked up. Um, And I was always like, quote unquote, not sure and looking for others to kind of validate my next move when like truly all along I've known, you know, and like for us women, we're super intuitive. And so to like really listen, and we discussed this before where it's like getting quiet enough to just like hear what your heart wants or what your gut is saying is so 
vital to every move we make. You know, we can't move too quickly because I think, or, or, or just make moves according to others, because then we find ourselves just doing things, you know, out out of the heart center. Right. And then we have to like travel back to, and then that's painful, you know? So if I'm always kind of coming from that heart centered place, then I know that I can really trust the process, even if it's challenging, even if it's hard, you know, because I know I'm just coming from that heart centered place. Mm. Why do you think it's so hard for women who are predominantly our listeners to come from that place? What do you think kind of, is it a resistance or is it an, an outward um, kind of approval thing? What, what, what do you think from your own experiences? I mean, I, I think being heart centered to a lot of people means being like weak or vulnerable or too emotional. Mm. And and I, I think that's just specific to anyone's circumstances, how they grew up. So some people do grow up being super heart-centered and emotional and like sharing vulnerably. And, but some people grow up being told that like, don't share that, keep that to yourself, figure it out, you know, don't cry, whatever it is. So I think for women, you know, especially in this day and age, I'm thinking about like women our age who are in either like corporate America or even just as entrepreneurs, like there's a lot of like masculine energy in business. And so like, we almost feel like we can't lead from that heart centered place because like that won't get us ahead. Mm. And so like, I'm hoping that, you know, the way we do business and because we've just seen other women do it too, you know, so we're kind of just a part of the chain that is hopefully reacting to change how business is run. I do think there are really great masculine parts of business that need to be in place, but then it's like, there is a softness that needs to happen in order for like the creativity to come through and for like the humanness of a business to, to lead rather than just like the statistics and the numbers and the money, you know? I think too, like when I think about, you know, our community and our listeners, you know, both of ours and not being able to lead from their heart and, things that I've experienced through my life that I'm now aware of, but still struggle with is even just the physical, the physical environment that we put our hearts in. It's the, you know, we're always hunched over looking at our phones. We're always hunched over at our computers. There is EMFs from all of that. That really messes with your energetic field. You know, if we think about ourselves as energy, we have these things, Wi-Fi routers, EMF that are always in constant communication with our beautiful electric body that is made of electricity and electrons. There's the pollution, there's the food. You know, if you're eating a poor diet and you are not treating your body very well, you are going to be thinking about how tired you are, how, you know, anxious you are, how depressed you are, and it's really hard to connect with your heart when your body is in survival mode. So a lot of you know, the practices that people do, if you were to just get up, have coffee, you know, have some type of breakfast that maybe spiked your blood, spiked your blood sugar. You go to your office, you don't like your job. You know, you're sitting in a cube, you haven't walked around. Your heart isn't going to want to be open because it's not really safe. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a job that you hate, you're not treating your body well, and you're not prioritizing yourself. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very, having an open heart space is, is one of the most beautiful things but it's also scary 
Because when it's open, you're going to feel. And so for a lot of women to have it be open and to feel is dangerous. If you are doing something you hate, you are in a job that you hate and you are going to let yourself feel, it gives me chills. It's, It's going to be terrifying and it's going to hurt. So getting yourself out of situations that are potentially keeping your heart to be closed are very, very important to allow it to open and blossom when you're ready. Mm. Oh, this just got me thinking about something. When we aren't open in our hearts, we go to our brains. And I think a lot of time thinking, thinking can be just as addictive to a person as drinking is to an alcoholic. hundred. Um, so I would love to get your thoughts on on that because what I hear you both saying is that, um, and I know that we're, we're going to get to cu- community cultivation um, in a bit, but what's coming up for me is that the reason why you guys have been so incredibly successful at community cultivation is because you come from this heart-centered place and it's more about leading with your heart and less with your brain and your ego and your thinking. Can you share a little bit about just what you've experienced with that idea of, of thinking as being like this detrimental addiction at times and kind of shutting your heart down. Yeah. I mean, it's still a struggle. I mean, we struggle with it every day. So I, I I do think the awareness that like your mind is there is like, is, you know, part of it and half of it, I guess lately it's really been about identifying the thought, really seeing it for what it is. And, and, deciding whether I'm going to believe it or not. You know what I mean? Because so many of my thoughts that I have are not really rooted in truth. It's just rooted in either a fear I have or a doubt or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And so I have a choice to believe it. And I, I, I think a lot about, you know, cause we've been doing like energy work for a while now and in Reiki and, and really like the, the, the pathway. So it's when the mind is overthinking, like it is affecting what's above and below it. Right. So like I'm unable to connect to source. If I'm so in my head and overthinking, there is a block there. If my heart is, is, uh, closed, I know that probably there's something having to do also with Mm. like me speaking my truth and my throat chakra. Like there's just like a lot of things happening there and there's like a million different combinations that could affect it. But yeah, I just, it's a constant struggle, but I think the awareness and and the ability to get quiet, to kind of listen and, and see it for what it really is, is super valuable for me. And I can imagine for women who are overthinking, but we don't give ourselves that time because like Krista said, it is kind of scary. It's like, wait, I've been thinking that thought for like ever. Like I've believed that that about myself forever. Like what, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, where does that come from? And then you have to dive deep. Like all of this is work, you know what I mean? And I think, I think, uh, you know, I'm realizing that now, like in therapy and just doing different things where I'm like, oh, like this is, this is really hard work. Like sometimes I'm in therapy and I'm like, I don't want to really be here right now because it's actually annoying to do this work right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that the thinking is the masculine, you know, the thinking mm-hmm. is the, the wanting to do and, you know, always having something on your to-do list, et cetera. And then the heart centeredness is the feminine. So, you know, we do have a heart centered business and we are lucky that the content and the community and the experiences that the podcast has provided us allows me to be open-hearted 
because I am very much in my masculine a lot in the business because I'm very, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with, with, I'm not a perfectionist, but getting things done, getting things done the right way and all of these things. So, you know, for me, it's like, I will mostly be in my masculine. And then when I'm around our community, they help me slip into my feminine because they help me allow, and they help me be present and they help me believe. And they help me to just see that no matter what else happens with almost 30, this is enough, you know, having one girl have it, have be impacted by a message that we shared or our guest shared is enough, but it's a struggle. And I think a lot of women, you know, nowadays really do work with this and really do have to do the dance, you know, very regularly. That's so good. If someone was listening right now and they relate to that and, you know, there's, and I think that as a lot of influencers listen to this um, and a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of people who, you know, they, they either work from home or they, they have a full-time job, but it's kind of like they're doing this alone. What would be your recommendation for someone who may be listening and they're like, that's me. You know, I'm the woman that, that gets into my head. I'm the woman that's always thinking. I'm the one that is so loyal to that story. And so loyal to that way of thinking that I'm terrified to feel anything else. What would be your advice or your recommendation for that woman who has a hard time surrendering to that trust? Mm. I think what's really helped me is to, when I am able to slip into my feminine, like finding ways that do that for me, whether it's like dance, singing, Mm -hmm. taking care of myself, taking a bath, like Mm. just putting on like a, like a really feminine outfit and like wearing that for the day, which is not my MO normally, you know, just like, just the allowing the receiving too. like, sometimes I think as women, we find it hard to receive because we're give, give, give. And it really is like a softening to be able to receive what people want to give you, whether it's love or things or opportunities or compliments you know, just being able to take it in rather than just give, 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 push, push, push out, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just practical things are like dancing. Like maybe it's just like a really ooey gooey night to yourself and you draw a bath and you're like writing. Maybe you watch a movie that just kind of puts you in that, like just little things that are, you know, everyone can do. And you might, you might think it's weird, you know, like, this is going to slip me into my feminine, but just like watch. I think over time, like you'll see the difference. You'll see the dance and you can't beat yourself up when you are in your super masculine because there, there's a purpose there too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when we're in our masculine and we're doing our business thing, that's purposeful. It's, it's pushing the business forward. But then when we're able to really receive, it's like, oh, we can take in all that we've worked on and like really receive it and be like, oh my God, like this has changed our lives and it's changed other people's lives. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like thinking about having gratitude to the masculine. So it's not Mm. like, you know, being like, oh, this is bad. Like this is a bad part of me. And I've, you know, I've never thought about that really until now, because there's always, you know, a hundred percent, there's always a percentage of masculine and feminine happening at one time within you, but even honoring and thanking the masculine Mm. for the hard work that 
you know, the masculine part of you for the hard work that it's brought you to this place where we are doing so much, you know, women are doing things that we would have never dreamed. I am doing something I would have never dreamed a lot in thanks to my masculine helping me work three jobs at one time to build almost 30 with Lindsay. Um, but another thing is in addition to that is I would think about monitoring your thoughts And I talked about this the other day, but when you have that thought, when you're like, oh shoot, I do realize that I'm thinking too much. And I have this story where I believe that I can't have what I want unless I'm working 14 hours a day, unless I'm slaving away, unless I'm killing myself, then the monitoring of your thoughts and the recognition of that thought as something that could be detrimental to you because you are ignoring a part of you, which is your feminine, is really important. And I think when people think about, okay, I'm going to go from being in my masculine all the time to being completely feminine and juicy, ooey gooey, it seems hard. So to just first look at what your thoughts are telling you and then kind of go from there to think about shifting them and kind of retraining your brain to allow more Mm. than to just go from like zero to a hundred. And I I just wanted to add, like, I think too, like we, and I just am speaking from my own experience, hoping that someone would relate, but it's like our dreams for ourselves. We, I think we, cut ourselves kind of short or or don't dream as big as we could because we're either afraid to shine too bright and it might make other people feel bad or insecure or uncomfortable. So it's like, I think the feminine is kind of this dreaming big and just being a little like, you know, it's like fantastical in a way. It's like, go there. Why not? You know what I mean? I think the masculine kind of like stops you at a point where it's like illogical and the feminine is able to just like, oh my God, that's that's possible. It is possible, but like we kind of don't let ourselves go there because then it's like, oh no, I have to like do, do it or I'm, I'm capable of that. And that's a lot to hold as well. Mm. It just, it's bringing up so much for me because I remember recently I was talking to my girlfriend, Liz Ryder, about this. And she was telling me, she was like, I was letting her know just about like things that I've been feeling. And she's like, well, you're feeling this way because you've been so locked into your masculine energy, which has been great because it served you so well with business and da, 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 da. But like you, you're having a hard time connecting with the feminine side. And, and when she said that it was like someone was speaking Mandarin to me, because I was like, you're so right. And I've been so disconnected. Like, I don't even know how to do that. And I was like, and she was like, you need to take a bath at night with some Epsom salt. I was like, that's it. She was like, yeah, just literally like start, start small, start, Mm -hmm. just take a bath. And I was like, okay, I shall take a bath at night with Epsom salt. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it was just like, you like wrote it down your to-do list. You're like, got it. Yes. (laughs) Epsom salt. And you're like, just order it on Amazon. Yep. Thank you. And and here comes the masculine. You're like, just roll about me. The calendar invite says bath time. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it was just so funny to me that it's like, we can, we can get so lost into that, that ego, that masculine, that doing that, all of those things that we, we, we lose sight of just the essence that makes us so like beautiful and Mm -hmm. amazing. And something as little as like putting lipstick on. I love that. Yeah. a good one. Just Mm -hmm. easy, easy, easy. So thank you for that. I think that that's, it's, it's fan. It's fantastic. I love that. Okay. So I want to talk about community cultivation. You guys have a fantastic community. I know you touched on it a little bit, ambassadors, and you do a fantastic podcast tour that that I want to talk about. But I want to know 
you know, I, 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 I kind of get the sense of like why you wanted to do it. Right. We, we just kind of went into that, but I want to know how, how you guys brought this all about and how this community cultivated. I know that it probably ended up kind of taking off itself at a point, but I would love to know the journey through that. Yeah. I think when, and I don't know if this was on ours or when we were talking with you, but when we talked about the vulnerability thing and you talked about, you know, not being attached to the outcome when you're being vulnerable. So you're going to be coming from an intentional place and you're going to do, do the thing without worrying about the outcome. To be completely honest, Lindsay and I, for the first year or so, you know, didn't think about community cultivation necessarily. We were so far in it. We were just really trying to get, you know, our content out, keep our heads on straight. And then when we started to host events, I think the first, first event we did was a meditation at my friend Erica's house. And we had a bunch of girls together and we really just wanted to meet and connect with more women. And then we did a free soul cycle ride. And when we realized that there were women that were like us, that were listening, that were connecting on parts of what we our stories that we were very vulnerable about, we kind of, it kind of clicked and we created the secret Facebook group where people just started to share. I mean, when Lindsay and I are sharing on the podcast, it's, you know, it's just us in a room. So that's what it feels like. So when we are sharing vulnerably about things that are very, very near and dear to our hearts, people kind of see that and they see us as someone that they can possibly share to. So then they share within the community. And now it's been something that, you know, we are here to serve the community. We are here to serve the people that, um, that listen and that connect with one another and that support one another and that support the causes that we're aligned to and support the brands that we're aligned to. And it's become this like self this like self, it just runs itself really. You know, they support one another without us. I don't have to ever worry if they're going to be to the mission mission and values of Almost 30 because they live it. They've helped us create our mission and values. And it's been the most beautiful thing and most reassuring thing to know about humanity really, you know, as part of the experience in creating the community. Mm. I loved what you said about they helped you create the mission and values because it's to me, cause I could see someone being like, okay, but like, how did you get the audience to be so invested? How did you, yeah. you know, how, how do they, how do they treat it? Like it's theirs. And it's like, because they feel like it's theirs. I mean, I think that that is such a huge thing. And I hope that people really listen to that is that the more that you really tap into your audience and what they're, yes, it, just remembering that there's another human being mm-hmm. on the other end of whatever it is that you're creating with their own shit and thoughts and feelings and challenges and insecurities and joys and all of those things and really aligning with that. I mean, I think that that is so huge. I think a lot of times with like influencers and solopreneurs or people that have an Instagram audience, it's like, you know, so you have a hundred thousand followers or whatever, and it just looks like a hundred K on your phone. You never think about 100,000 people in a room that are engaging with, that are interacting with, that are seeing your posts, that are seeing your stories. And when you think about it more on that small level of if you made an impact and you changed one person in that 100,000 room, that's what really matters. Not like the 100K number on there. So Mm. I think when people 
think about talking to their audience or talking to the people that follow them, it's almost like they wait until they have a certain amount where they communicate with them. And I think that people don't feel like they have the right to talk to their audience if they have 5,000 or something and be like, Hey, why do you guys follow me? Like, why are you here? Like, why do you listen to almost 30? Tell us what you want more of. Tell us what you want less of. And you do have to be unafraid to show up and hear what they say and hear what people say. But for the most part, people are so supportive and kind and people want to be heard. People want Mm -hmm. to share their voice and share their insight and help you create. And, you know, one of the most important things is keeping or having people along for our journey, having people see Lindsay and I make the first couple episodes with a wacky intro that are so goofy. And then on our closet floors for seven months doing this, working full-time jobs doing this, and then building it now and being open about what's hard about what we do and being open about what we love. So keeping them along for the ride so they can see themselves in us is also really important. Yeah. What is hard about what you do? I think it's just like the the expansion of it all is like some t- it as much as it as it is rewarding and incredibly satisfying it's also painful it's like quite literally expanding like our idea of of ourselves of the entity of almost 30 you know it's like it's like a child so like as you see them grow it's like i'm so proud but i'm also like i'm uncomfortable like is this the best thing for it is this the best thing for our community you know so that's why it's so important you know i'm so grateful that we have the community because i think about them we think about them with basically every decision that we make you know what i mean every big decision and now you know because we have more eyes on us and more listeners or more whatever. Now we're getting, you know, these quote unquote bigger opportunities and, you know, people want a part of it, you know, in a way. And now we're having to decide whether that is something we want to do, like join a network or whatever. And, you know, we've just, it's, you know, we're grateful for it, but at the same time, like we are we really feel like the way we are doing this is is going to set a new standard for women in podcasting. You know, like there, and you know this, like podcasting is in its infancy. Podcasting is kind of like being run by like men who are in radio for like however many years, you know? And so they're like kind of slapping the radio thing on podcasting. And it just doesn't feel quite right to us. Um, it's working for some podcasters and it's amazing. But for us, we're, and for you too, you're just so much more than a podcast. And so like, how can we stay true and aligned to what we believe, to our mission and visions for this, but also, you know, progress and expand in a way that will eventually just touch and and reach more and more people, you know? So to do that has been challenging. You know, it's a lot of conversations between Krista and I, and it's also, you know, reminded us that like our relationship is, you know, of utmost importance, you know, we are friends first. And so if that relationship is really healthy and we're able to communicate and be honest and just really support each other, we've always been like that. But I think, you know, when a business is involved, it gets complicated, you know? So, you know, we do that really well. And so I just feel really lucky because we have these conversations that are hard and then we can come together and just be like, okay, like what are our hearts telling us, you know? 
what has been that navigation of that intentionality? And, you know, you can be as specific or, or, or broad as, as you want, because this, that I just think, I find this question very interesting that you both have done a really intentional job of making sure that you keep the content and the podcast and the guests really true to yourself. Like you were mentioning, you're not part of a podcast network. You don't do ads that you don't believe in. You don't work with companies and brands that you don't believe in. How has that journey been for you? And really, I think I'm, I'm asking you, you know, how were you able to stay intentional? Was it certain questions that you would ask yourself and each other? Or was it just um, an idea of how you, you perceived this mission that you had and really what the audience wanted? And then how has that grown throughout your journey with the content, the guests that you have on, et cetera? So for the brands and the sponsors that we have, I mean, we have over 60 sponsors that we work with regularly that are brands that we love. And one of the things that I think really allowed us to be intentional was the fact that we were working full-time for two years doing this. And because we had that income and it took the pressure off the business, we could be intentional. We could be like, you know, of course we want the money, you know, want money all the time. But like, we were able to choose like, this isn't a good fit and we don't need that money. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been at a place where I wasn't working full time and I was just blogging and I was tempted to take brand deals. And I probably did take brand deals that probably weren't that much of a fit for me, but I wanted the money. So I think that that is really, really helpful to take the pressure off, you know, big magic. Elizabeth Gilbert Mm -hmm. talks about this, taking the pressure off of your passion, even if you want it to turn into a business so that you're not taking brand deals that are unintentional. Mm. You know, we've taken things that maybe now we're like, oh, that's kind of whack, but it worked at the time and we've just fine tuned it. So it doesn't mean you have to be perfect out, out of the gate and you don't have to be, you know, working with your number one brand that you love so much from the beginning, whatever that brand may be, but just kind of fine tuning each time and checking in and being like, okay, is this still a fit for me? Is this still a fit for my audience? Does this feel good? Uh, and then from our guest perspective, that's really like a intuition thing. You know, we are very particular and it's an email may catch our eye and and we'll listen to that and be like, okay, you know, this pitch kind of, I actually read this pitch. It was something that I saw, or we meet a lot of people at events. And a lot of times you put feelers out, you know, we're like, okay, we've had a lot of spiritual episodes lately. We kind of need to lighten it up. We need to have something that hits on X, Y, and Z and we'll go from there. But that's happened really naturally. And in that, I think, is very, very important to us as far as staying true to who we are, is making sure that our content and the guests are expected in a way where you know that they'll align to us, but then unexpected. And mm-hmm. they will be people that you maybe have never heard of and you maybe have never heard from, but that that's what makes us different. Mm. I love what you just mentioned about it's people that you may have never heard of because I was just talking about this and I would love to know if it's the same for you guys. But if, if you looked at the top, 20 episodes of the influencer podcast. And of course you take in things like recency effect, right? Like obviously the podcast is more popular today than it was in its inception, Mm -hmm. but you kind of equate for that. The majority of our most popular podcasts are with guests that for the most part, the listener probably had never heard of before. It's not like this celebrity or this like big name. And a lot of times for us too. Yeah. And I was wondering that because I think a lot of times what I hear from people is like, well, I want to start this or I want to do that. Or I would love to start a podcast, but I don't know anyone. 
I don't have anyone I can interview. I don't know. I don't live in LA and and know all of these cool people. And I just always kind of want to go and say, yeah, but my most popular episodes are are people are from by people. They just have really good stories and good content travels. I would love to get your perspective on that. Yeah. I mean, we feel exactly the same way. Like a good story is, is everything. And our and number I, one I, downloaded episode, we're like, what? Yeah. Tr- I, I, I kind of forget. <laughs> you could tell me. I'll tell you later. It's literally not, it's not crazy at all, but it's just, yeah. I just it was like, okay. Ha- have our list, have our guests compare, but yeah. 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 But yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, because what we found is that our our listeners just want to see themselves and other people. And it doesn't mean like, you know, they're just like Joe Schmo off the street, but it's like these people live their lives intentionally, have gone through, you know, really challenging times or are up against, you know, a really, you know, strong paradigm that they are trying to disrupt in a peaceful way that you know, is shifting. Like we are in a time on this planet that is like, like sometimes I'm like, how am I living during this time? Mm. Meaning like it's, it's cool. Like Mm -hmm. there's just like major shifts, you know, happening socially, politically, you know, and I just like, I feel very lucky and we're, we're looking for people who kind of are part of those transitions and those shifts and, you know, anyone who can, you know, we're just so grateful that people feel comfortable enough to share openly and honestly about, about what they've been through and and what they're going through now and, and how they persevered and really created a life for themselves that is fulfilling and purposeful. But yeah, it ranges. I mean, but what's so nice about like these big names and, you know, we talk about it all the time that like, I don't know what I thought of them before. Right. Mm -hmm. But I always think like, well, they have like, you know, a full calendar every single day and they have an assistant and they have a publicist and they have this and that, and they're, and they're very important as they are, but they come and sit down with us, you know, in our apartment studio Mm -hmm. (laughs) situation. Right. And it's like, they're so present, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, that's what I remember most about them, that they're just so present with us for that hour, hour and a half Mm. and so willing to share and connect and, and listen, you know, like most of them do not come with an agenda. It's just, they're willing to share. I think too, like to the point of, you know, people that aren't in LA or aren't connected to people that they could have on their podcast or whatever. It's, I, see it as it's my job to make everyone interesting Mm. and everyone is interesting. You know, if you really get down to it and you ask them the right questions and you make them feel comfortable and you come with an intention to get a certain story or to have them share their story, like you're a good podcast host if you are able to do a good interview. Mm. And that's the thing is if you are stopping yourself with the belief that you are not in LA or at New York or connected to these people that you are could have on your podcast that are a big name, then you're never going to succeed because I'm obsessed with the craft. I'm obsessed with the making of the product. I'm obsessed with the process of creating a podcast of the questions of thinking creatively and curiously about someone's story. And that's what has been like my greatest love about it. You know? So it shouldn't be about the name. It's really about your personality and your curiosity, asking the questions to make it interesting. That's so good. And it, and it's, I think that it's true with, with any piece of content, really, 
I mean, that's, that's yes. what the, the ones that really stand out. It comes from that place of like being curious, like authentically, like mm-hmm. interested in what someone else has to say. Yes. What has surprised you the most about this journey? And, and specifically I want to, w- with your podcasting tour, because I find it fascinating. I mean, anyone can do a podcast tour, but anyone can't do a podcast tour as successfully and intentional as you both have been able to do. So what has surprised you, I think, the the most about this journey when it comes to connecting with your audience mm. in person and one-on-one? I think the thing that surprised me the most is like, you know, when we show up to these cities that we've never been to before, right? You know, we never really know what it's going to be like. Last year, like the tour completely sold out in every city that we went to. and But more than that, it's just like, when we get there, not only do these girls feel like they're our friends, but to like be a witness to them so quickly connecting with each other and then continuing that connection, whether it's helping one another with their businesses, whether it's, you know, doing girls nights, you know, being a part of the ambassador program and and doing the events, like this idea that like, they don't need us. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's like a weird thing where like, I guess we kind of, we started this, we did, and we, our relationship and the way we, you know, uh, have conversations on the podcast and our brand and everything, like kind of set the standard for, you know, the conversations and relationships they have, but then like they, they can go, they go and Mm. they do, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a very, and they always like, you know, message us and send us pictures from like, yeah, we met up as a group. Like it was amazing. Like we met at your event, you know, but, but from there, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a very beautiful thing that like, I never expected would happen. I never expected that I would be a part of, you know, like Mm. my relationship with women has like completely transformed since, since starting the podcast. Mm. It's a very community driven podcast. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the upcoming tour. Mm. Where are you going to be? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> well, so we were on tour last year. We did 15 cities, I think. This year, we're going to do Go International. So Amazing. we're going to Melbourne and Sydney and London. And then we will be in Philly, New York, Chicago, San Fran. We'll be ending in LA with a big theater show. We have Austin. Um, Nashville, Miami, Denver, DC. And I think that might be it, but Mm -hmm. we're going to have that launch in, you know, a few weeks time and that will have all the information. And each of those events will be a unique curated experience that we will have our ambassadors be a part of. So they're going to help us connect with brands that are in the local communities that we can highlight. And it's just going to be awesome. I mean, Lindsay and I, you know, are very lucky to be in the place where we can hold space and set the intention for women to connect. And and like Lindsay said, they can do it. So it's Mm. really just us holding, having the container, you know, they're, of course they're excited to see us and meet us, but it's more us creating the container for them to go off and have their own communities where they are and connect with people that they love where they are. Um, So it's been the most beautiful process. It is so much work. People think doing one event is hard. Try doing 15 events in cities you've never been to 
coordinating with sponsors. Like me and Lindsay busted our ass last year. I thought I was going to die when we had our last event in Vancouver. I was like, yo, I never want to do this again. <laughs> literally. I'm like, <laughs> here you are. I'm literally sweating. And I'm like, I'm never ready fully because mm-hmm. we have to put everything together. I'm like moving flowers around. I'm like worried about the music. But then we see people and we're like, oh, I would do this over a hundred times, a hundred billion times. Yeah. It was chock full of learning for sure. Mm. And that's with anyone out there that's like, doing something for the first time, whether it's events, whatever it is, it's like, it's so painful because like there's so much learning happening and it's like keeping track of like what you're learning and how to do it better next time is a little bit overwhelming. I think the number one thing for us is like, we've expanded the team. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we're able to, you know, distribute responsibility so that like, we're not, you know, sweaty and half ready when people are walking in the door, you know, we're, we'll always be hands-on, but I mean, it's, we learned a lot. We learned a lot. Mm-hmm. When you can only do so much, yeah. like, you know, and we want to be the best for them when they walk in, right. you know what I mean? And just really grounded. Yeah. We don't be worried peaceful. about the sound system and right. then yeah. you should have not. to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You hundred no. percent. Well, yeah. we did. We also paid our dues. It's like we we were. You did it. We did it. Right. And now you don't have <laughs> yeah, to anymore. Good. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of learning and that process, I would love to talk tactical for a moment. You guys are great at this. I mean, you've built a podcast from the ground up, literally with nothing but a dream and some mics. You have done a podcast tour. If somebody wants to learn this process from you both, is there a way to do that? And if so, how? You're a little genius. You're a little plugger. Yeah, a little plugger. <laughs> um, Publicist. Yes, honestly. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, Lindsay and I had so many people asking us how to start a podcast, how to grow a podcast. When we started, they were big, but definitely not as big as they are now. They yeah. are huge right now. They're having a moment and we are loving it because it's a medium that I am obsessed with. And so we wanted, so I created an ebook a while ago, probably like a year ago, maybe longer to four people that wanted, you know, here's basically the tools you need, the technical, how to put it on iTunes tips for when you're launching, marketing it, branding it, monetizing it, all of that. So the ebook had everything in there. And then we realized that wasn't enough. And the missing component was a community part with a course. And the missing component was everything else that we were using. So Mm -hmm. the media kit for pitching sponsors, the pitch templates to pitch sponsors, the Instagram templates for our stories. And as a last thing on that, when Lindsay and I were starting, there was no resources. Mm -hmm. No one had, there was no resources available. We made it all up. We did it all up on our own. So we wanted to create like a hub, a place where if people wanted to create a podcast or wanted to grow their podcast or wanted to monetize their podcast, they could find everything that we've used. So on yourpodcastpro.com, that's Y-O-U-R, podcastpro.com. We have everything there, uh, the ebook and then the templates. And then the course is going to be a digital offering available in the next couple months. So people could buy that and go through that at their leisure, uh, to learn more about launching and doing a podcast. Amazing. I love that. What do you think is the biggest, I guess I want to say, cause I know we've talked a little bit about challenges, but what is the biggest obstacle when it comes to creating creating a podcast strategy, if you will, 
and then and then sharing that with the consumers who want to consume it. And where I'm going with this is I'm thinking because when you said like we, we didn't know anything, I remember that as well. I remember starting a podcast and thinking like. I guess what I'm Googling is stuff that like a bunch of dudes from like the radio land mm-hmm. in 1997, like put on Google and this is all I have. Yeah. So is there a little bit of like an education piece that has to happen or anything there that you think in order for the audience to know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I can, I can show up to this. I can invest in this and I'm going to learn what I need to know and be able to run with it. Mm, that's a good point. You know, because I think that people see podcasting and because it's just talking Mm. that people have an assumption that it isn't as much work. And I don't think Lindsay and I are necessarily good examples of how much work it is because I think, or I, I am not because I'm not putting in a normal amount of work. Like what I'm doing is, is not necessarily what someone else should be doing. And I think everyone else has their own work capacity or work style, but podcasting is a lot more work than people think. So I would really have a think about how you would fit this into your workflow now. And I think when Lindsay and I started, we recorded for five months without releasing anything. So this really helped us to understand how much we could do, what we, what it would be like. And we just didn't have pressure on it. So it's like, if you're like, okay, I want to launch in three weeks and I want to do this, then you might not give yourself the opportunity to build it and then launch it and then have it grow. You might like already lose steam because you've been Mm -hmm. busting your ass for three weeks and you're not seeing the outcome. And that's the second piece is not being attached to the outcome. So, you know, almost 30 is bigger than anything I could have ever dreamed but I didn't have an attachment to what it was going to be. I, every time a brand deal came in or something came in, I was so grateful, but I was never like, okay, I want it to be making X amount, which I am now, but I never had an attachment to the outcome at that point until recently when we're really thinking strategically about the business. So I allowed it to grow as naturally as it could have been. Mm. And two, just being like, you know, this is, this is a creative process, right? And like, you do, like Krista said, just kind of have to like allow for the time to let it form, you know, and the idea will evolve. Just know that like, if you're starting a podcast, it is going to change over time. So like, if you're waiting for it to be exactly what you want it to be, I'd say like, don't wait any longer, just start to produce content. doesn't mean you have to release right away, but at least like saying it out loud, having these conversations. Cause I do think there's an energetic something that happens when you start to, to do right. And like, then you're getting kind of this energy feedback. That's like, Oh, that felt like that, that felt really good. Or that didn't feel good. That wouldn't normally happen if it was just in your head. Do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I could think about shit all day long, but until I'm podcasting it or I'm singing it, am I like, Oh my God, that's really good. Right. Like, so I do think, you know, playing, like just being playful about it, especially in the beginning is super, super important to producing something that is unique to you. Mm -hmm. Because I think, and what we've seen is like a lot of people just look to other podcasts and be like, okay, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it that way. You know, what, you know, two hosts. We're going to talk about this. They talk about that. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Listen, we're all copiers of something at some point. Formulas are good. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. I love a formula, Mm -hmm. but I do think you kind of need to make room for like, 
okay, so like, this is coming from me. Like what is unique about me mm. and what is unique about what I believe in and my points of view that I can bring to the podcast and kind of shake it up a little bit. Because I think then people will be like, well, yeah, I'd listen to so-and-so and like, they're kind of like them, but she's like, she has like a little bit of an edge and she kind of brings this to it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being like, well, yeah, all these podcasts are kind of the same and I kind of dabble in all of them. Right. Mm. Like just to have that uniqueness, I think is important. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you touched on, um, just kind of the misconceptions a little bit about it. Um, that it's just talking. Um, I guess there are some podcasts maybe that just talk. Some definitely do like, you know, and that's amazing. If you are a talent, you walk into a network, they help you, they do everything for you and you get to sit down that do that. Yep. Totally. And it's awesome. But this is a business life hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this is your business, you know, it's like you, and I think that's another interesting thing with podcasting right now. And we see it more in podcasting than we ever saw it in blogging, but you kind of have two sides. You have, you have people like us who, this is a part of our business. This is our business. This is like, this is our brand, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you have talent that are just like, doing it now because they, it's fun and it's exciting. And, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that, you know, they love it just as much as we do, but it's just like this other thing for talent to do. And so I think that there needs to also be a distinction as well for people listening is like, if you, if you want a podcast, just to say that you're a podcaster, then you don't really want to podcast. Like if you want to be a podcaster, then sit down and start doing it. It's kind of like people who are like, I want to be a writer. It's like, well, do you want to be a writer? Or you just want to be known for being a writer. I just trust too that like, you know, people who are just doing it to say that they're a podcaster, that it like won't last, that people won't really, I think they'll listen to it because they're like, oh, I want to see so-and-so from The Bachelor talk, you know, or listen to him talk, right? Right. Which is great, but I just don't know, unless they're doing it different, which I haven't seen yet, right? that it's not going to have much sticking power. Right. You know what I mean? So like good on them. And like, that's great. Cause I think everyone should do what they want and express themselves how they want. But I just don't know if the passion isn't there, if it's going to last, this space is like growing by the day mm-hmm. and you're going to get lost, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have that fire for sure. And I think that's, that's just a great reminder of that. Um, let's talk about what's to come this year. What are you guys most excited for? I mean, obviously the tour you have the program, which is just so genius. It's like, there's not one. So mm-hmm. yay. yay. Yeah. Now there is. We're the Julie Solomon of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. Um, it's good. It, you're, it's going to, it's so amazing. I'm so excited for it. What else for you guys? Just our team, you know, so we have Kayla, who's our first full time. We have Chloe, who's, who's part-time. We have Shara, who's part-time and we have Tiffany, who's part-time. So just figuring out and like working within this community of women that are all focused on the same mission and that are all different and that have all different skill sets and that have all different feelings and that have all different goals and that have all different ideas and emotions is just such an interesting and beautiful thing that we're really working with. So for me, it's like really figuring out how to be better, you know, for every conversation and be more um, thoughtful and just be a better manager and a better leader, you know, for the team is really exciting to me. And then, you know, to see where things grow and change. And especially with your podcast pro, like I cannot, I like lose sleep over it. I just want to like work on it and I want to, 
get it out into the world. And I just feel so passionately about podcasting as a medium and I want to help as many people as I can. So I know that we have something there and I really am excited to like fully put the digital offering out into the world. It's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, all of those things. And I, I'm excited to like just continue to do things differently within the space, you know, yeah, as a, a team. One. Like we're just, you know, we're having these really exciting some conversations and then really hard conversations. And I'm just excited to do it different and inspire other people to like stick to their guns, do it different, follow their heart, like, you know, listen to their gut instinct and just like always remember that, you know, cause we're, we're doing it and you know, we haven't fallen off track in that way, but, um, that doesn't mean we're not tempted sometimes like by shiny objects and numbers and dollar signs. Right. So it's like always remembering how we want to, I don't know, like the impact we want to make, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what do we leave? Like, you know, yes, of course the money is a part of it, but it's like, we don't want to sell out. We don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, just be under someone else's umbrella and like make them a lot of money. Granted, it will always happen. We'll have collaborations and we want people to rise with us too. Like that is super important to us and our partnerships, but there's just, I think we're going to be doing it differently. So just committing to that. I love that. Okay. Before we wrap this up, I got to know a couple of more things. When you started this, you were almost 30. Now that you're 30, Mm -hmm. what have you learned? That, you know, for me, I just am, I was, I was here all along, Mm -hmm. you know, in the whole journey, even when I was little, I was like home for Christmas or something. I was looking at these little things I wrote to my mom and it was like about aliens. Like I was literally like, if there's aliens here, I hope they're okay. And all this stuff. And like, just thinking about myself throughout the years, like I was always there, but I never really acknowledged or honored that, you know, I was always trying to fit into some box or, you know, be a certain way for a certain type of person. And, um, you know, whatever that was, but I just, I'm so thankful that I finally have like found and recognized myself, like the person within me, not the, you know, blogger, not the work girl working in corporate, not the girlfriend, not the whatever. It's like, I finally have me. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It is. It's amazing. Powerful. I, I've just been like, I think I've learned to just be really, really patient and kind to myself. And, you know, this is a completely new thing that I'm doing and the business part of it especially is so new to me. And just, you know, I'm so grateful that Krista has that background so I can really learn from her in that way. And, and, but throughout the process, knowing that I'm going to make mistakes and that like, you know, I'm going to have some awkward times and just being really so much kinder to myself than I have been like, you know, in my early twenties when it was always about like, I had to change and I had to get better. And, you know, just being compassionate for that girl, you know, always. Cause there's always just a part of us that is working from like a fear or trauma when we're, you know, that happened when we're little and it's like, okay, like, you know, sitting her down and just being like, everything's okay. Like, you know, you can trust like the way you're feeling, things like that. Just being a bit more, and I talked about this on another podcast, but it's like mothering yourself in that way. Like just filling any needs or voids 
and, and, and being able to slow down enough to be like, okay, what do you really need? How do you feel? You know, how can we like make you feel better? Mm-hmm. What does influence mean to you? I guess taking your gifts and honoring the gifts that you've been given by source, God, universe, whatever, and showing them off, you know, and like letting people know that it's okay to acknowledge those and be grateful for those. And others will in turn, you know, be inspired to honor their gifts too. But then it's also living in a community where we recognize that we are part of a community and we're all part of something and we're all here and each connection and each interaction with someone could be more meaningful than, you know, I think we give it credit. Mm. Yeah. I think it is that interconnectedness, like knowing that if you are consider yourself an influencer and everyone can be, whether you're on the internet or not, but it's like knowing that like, it's like a, a loop of energy. It's not just like an output. It's like, okay, so when I put that out there, I'm receiving this and they're receiving this and giving, you know what I mean? Like just kind of recognizing both sides of what is happening when you quote unquote influence people, you know, and being aware of that. And I think, you know, you see a lot of like famous, famous influencers now with celebrities mainly where it's like, I don't know if they're really realizing that there's like a 10 year old on the other side of the screen Mm -hmm. and being like, I'm going to dress like them or I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's a little petty, but uh, you know, the example is just highlighting that like, we need to be aware of like who our audience is and who's listening, Mm -hmm. you know, because they could also influence our content. Like they are influencers too. It's like both sides are influencers. Yes. Ooh, that's great. I love that. Both sides. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. It's that exchange of energy. Totally. Yes. Um, okay, so where can everyone find you and stalk you and buy your amazing podcast program mm-hmm. and meet you on tour? Where can yeah. they get all that all that information? <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Almost Thirty Podcast, basically wherever podcasts you can you can find podcasts. Um, Almost Thirty Podcast website. You can find every anything about tour all of that information and then your podcastpro.com that's y o u r podcastpro.com you can find resources for podcasters if you're new or if you're seasoned and then almost 30 podcasts on Instagram we're pretty active on Instagram and then i'm 100 blog h u n d r e d blog on Instagram and i'm at lindsay simsick um lindsay with an e y s i m c i k and we also just uh, launched our almost 30 nation Instagram. Good one. So we have like our, um, the ambassador program, we're highlighting ambassadors and the meetups and just, you know, creating another touch point for our community to get to know others, um, that they could connect with, meet up with. Um, and then our secret Facebook group on Facebook, secret almost 30 podcast group is, you know, just a place, I think like a highlight for me on the internet where, you know, I don't really go on the internet a ton when it comes to like, as opposed to what I used to do. And I usually go to our Facebook group first. Um, we're having really funny, insightful, supportive conversations in there. So 
I love Facebook groups. Are they the best? Yes. Bomb. I love giving Facebook all the personal information about my life in a Facebook group. <laughs> so then, then I can target you with my ads. True. Truth. Hundred. Hundred. <laughs> oh, ladies, thank you so, so we much. Love you. We love you. I love you're you amazing. so much. Um, this has been great. Um, so obviously, if you're listening, you know the drill. Please screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram stories, tag me, tag them, and let us know your biggest takeaway or aha from today's episode. Because you know that we love to see those screenshots. We're going to write you back. We're going to share those on our stories too. So can't wait. Love that. Can't wait. Love y'all. Thank you. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks so much to Julie for having us on her podcast and for allowing us to share it on ours. Yeah. So great. Such a blast. And then just make sure if you are in Nashville, you are attending our event with Julie on the 18th of September. It's going to be awesome. And I cannot Mm -hmm. wait. And then the other event we want to highlight is with another female badass who I see as a similar as a similar lady Mm -hmm. is with Nicole Lappin. So she is the best-selling author of Rich Bitch, Boss Bitch. And she also wrote uh, Becoming Superwoman. So everyone that attends the event on Thursday, September 12th at the Riveter in West Los Angeles will get a copy of her book. And we're going to go through all the ways that she has become Superwoman. So that one is going to be a blast. Yeah. And you can visit almost30podcast.com for all of our other tour dates. We are touring until the end of the year pretty intensely. So odds are we will be in a city near you and we'd love to meet you. But thank you so much for listening and supporting Almost 30. We love you so much. We love you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye.